Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Big announcement. Presley Poe Friends is back 2022, April 2nd, April 3rd in the state of Maryland. Um, we have Presley coming in and her friends, her Jacob Kahn, Lisa Carello, Patty Plymeyer, also known as Queen of the South, Trevor Moots, Taylor Fade. So again, that's April 2nd and April 3rd. April 2nd, we're doing a like a happy hour with a with a demo from all of our artists, and then they're going to come and do a mix and mingle, so you'll be hanging out with all the artists that evening. April 3rd is an uh, educational-filled day. We have a la carte classes that are available. Um, Jacob's doing a, a couple hands-on classes. Presley's going to do a Vivid's class. Patty is doing a hands-on braiding class. Lisa Carella is going to show you all that you need to know about textured hair. And Trevor Moots is doing his amazing barbering. Um, all the all the information is available on PresleyPoeAndFriends.com. Um, big shout out to our, our to our sponsors, of course. The uh, Sharon and, and Charles Reiser, the Temple Paul Mitchell, which is uh, in, in Frederick, Maryland, which is where we're going to be uh, holding the event. Prof Beauty, once again, they stepped up so we could uh, help support you guys. They, they stepped up for uh, Shadow Presley Poe. Um, we have the Handsome app. If you guys haven't downloaded the Handsome app, it's a must. They're going to be covering uh, the weekend, and they have some incredible giveaways um, that are coming up that weekend. If you're going to be at the show, Handsome has shears that they're giving away. They have brushes they're giving away, blow dryers that they're giving away. Um, they're giving a lot of stuff away that weekend. Big shout out to Hatoro Hanzo uh, shears. They're uh, they're they're gonna they're one of our sponsors. They're gonna be um, uh, in, in collaboration with the Handsome app. They're gonna be giving away some shears. And of course, our friends at Salon Scale. Salon Scale. Um, they always step up for the industry, and you know, just big thank yous. And once again, uh, thank you for stepping up for the industry. So again. April 2nd, April 3rd, PresleyPoeAndFriends.com. All the information is there. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss this live, in-person event. Um, come back to school with us, y'all. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tony. What's up, buddy? I'm glad I'm your best friend today. <laughs> well, we'll see at the end. Right. See yeah. if I don't have a new best friend. But Usually yeah. you do. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I start off as the best friend. By the conversation ends, I'm number two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't even follow that up. I can't deny it. 
But I also, you know, you're full of crap. Right. Because yeah. you're here every week. You know, Samantha's not going to be here next week. You're going to be right. here. Bro. I'll start off next week as your best <laughs> friend again. <laughs> so, exactly. It's secular. It's secular. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you always went number two right. until you're not. But I got a one and a half there, too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still here. You're still here. <laughs> hey, so um, so today's an exciting day. You know, once again, man, we have this conversation a lot. We've tried to bring our guest on today a couple of times and you know we, we've actually had a schedule a couple of times we've just had to reschedule it for one reason or the other not that it's anything it's just such as life right um but uh but i'm pretty uh I, I can't wait to kind of get into her story yeah so we know a little bit about her story yeah and uh it's, it's pretty fascinating and you know when you when you come across people that have you know success in our industry and then learn a little bit about their story in their past and sometimes and, you know you get wowed by certain people and she's, she's one of those. She's a, she's a wower. Yeah. You know, like she's a strong individual. She over, you know, overcame stuff to, Mm -hmm. to, and not let that hold her back to become, you know, a successful artist in our industry. You know, what's crazy about is we, today we have uh, Samantha Harmon on the podcast. She's a BTC artist as well as a salon centric artist, but So we scheduled Samantha to come on the podcast. And then after we scheduled it, we found out that she's actually uh, friends with our friend, Ben. And we, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got to spend the weekend with Ben and, uh, and we certainly had some car talk about Samantha while we were, uh, while we were in, while we were driving around Chicago a little bit. Yeah. He was impressed uh, as so are we with, 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 you know, just who she is and, and what she's doing and how she's just even overcome um, the fear of public speaking, just because that's why we were there. Yeah, exactly. So we're working with Ben. He's a public speaking coach. We're working with Ben Mullen for um, you know, helping us. Uh, the Ben Mullen project. Yeah, exactly, dude. And it's a project. Uh, if you have any uh, interest in 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 any kind of public speaking, if you have interest in, I, I don't. I mean, even like presenting to your clients or whatever, man. He just like he he files off the rough edges you know he takes your story and he kind of makes magic with it you know oh he he more than that I mean, he he takes your story and then he adds life to it and, and there's ups there's downs there's twists there's turns you know what i mean he he just presents it to you and make you think about it in a different way and and, so, and then you're like wow it's you know it, it comes becomes life it becomes life. That's it. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. It just becomes, it gives it life becomes life is like, Oh like, my God. Like CPR of yeah. your story. Right. Yep. <laughs> what are the big things? What, what are the big Those metal? Yeah. Circular yeah, like yeah. electronic. I don't, I don't even know if they're real, but if they're real, but we see them on all the, uh, on all, all the doctor shows, right. Yeah. <laughs> Where you bring the heart back to life. Ooh. Anyways, we can go on that. We, we can talk about Ben for an hour. Right. Like, but I, I think at the end of the day, just thank you. Thanks, Ben. Thanks yeah. for, uh, thanks for, you know, all that you've done for us and for our industry. Cause uh, there's so, so many people in the industry that, um, that have worked with Ben, um, and mm-hmm. some huge names, some names that you definitely, definitely know, but, um, we're not here to talk about Ben all day. We're here to talk to Miss Samantha today. So, uh, should we get in? Yeah. So Miss Samantha Harmon, welcome to your day off. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And that was, um, that thing about Ben, I always tell people the same stuff. He's great. And I hope that all the card combo that y'all had about me was, it was all good. Nothing bad. Well, you're um, here. We weren't like, we're not talking to her anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been a huge, I mean, really, he's, I owe a lot of the last year of my life for sure. And um, as crazy as it sounds, he's not like a, a therapist or a psychiatrist, but 
he has helped me um, heal in a lot of ways. So. Samantha, before we kind of get into your story, like, how did you meet Ben? Like, how did he come on, become on your radar? So I actually, um, I'm sure we'll get into it more a little later, but I was at a point in life where I wanted to turn some crazy things I'd been through into like, take the power back from them. And I thought the only way to do this was to like write a book. Um, And I didn't know the first place to start. So I reached out to Mariah Villarreal with Pink Pewter Mm -hmm. and she had written a book and she put me in contact with Ben. Um, and it just kind of fell into my life like that. That makes total sense. And and I know that Mariah learned about Ben through Sam Via. Yeah. Right. Cause Sam was like, Mariah, you got to go see Ben. So it's just kind of cool how this, like how, you know, this world is. The world is so small yet. So, you know, so yeah. big, and so small. He had nothing but great things to say, like, like almost like proud yeah. uh, of who you are and what, what you are. And he, he was just all just great all. talk about I think it. you said that all yeah. <laughs> yeah he was just an all so 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 Sam so um kind of uh I mean wh- where are you from because I hear a little southern twang in there yeah I'm from um Oklahoma I live in Duncan Oklahoma um it's a small town um near Oklahoma City I don't know if y'all have ever been here but it's Basically, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know any Eikenberries from Oklahoma? <laughs> my, my grandmother, she grew up in Oklahoma, and her family, the Eikenberries, uh, or I don't know where at in Oklahoma, but probably, what did you say, Dunkirk? Duncan. Duncan. Oh, Duncan, as in donuts. Yeah, yeah, Duncan Donuts. <laughs> That's where uh, Presley's from there, too. Not from Duncan, but she's from Oklahoma as well. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I remember a story of my grandmother telling me there, there used to be these hoop snakes in Oklahoma. And they these like snakes that would put their like tail in their mouth or whatever and roll or something like roll that. Like a wheel? Yeah. She said and she remember being horrified, uh being chased by a hoop snake. I'm I'm like, wow, okay. Oklahoma hoop snake? I don't know. Honestly, I always tell people when they talk about it that if they say they haven't ever been here, it's just like a bunch of fields with like cows and um animals like snakes that yeah. <laughs> hoop snakes. <laughs> That's awesome. So so you grew up in Oklahoma, you've been there your whole life? Yeah, so I, um, I, the only time I've ever left Duncan area is when I went to college right out of high school, but it was still in Oklahoma. So yeah, I've never left. Where'd you go to college? I went to Oklahoma State University. Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they, they usually have a decent football team, right? Yeah. 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 Pretty good sports programs there. I think it's what red and white are the colors, or am I off? They're they're orange and black. Red and white is Oklahoma. Um, Oh, big big rivals there. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Your best friend, dog. No, no. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Yeah. (laughs) Like she just threw something at the screen at me. (laughs) That was a finger. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So, so how did you find the hair industry? So my mom, she did hair um, for 28 years, and now she owns a cosmetology school. Um, And my dad, actually, he owns a beauty supply franchise. So I grew up just being around hair, Um, which is kind of why I went to college, I always say, because I didn't want to follow in their, like, shadows or their footsteps, which, full circle, I ended up doing it anyways, but at least I tried to. What do, you, what do you think your resistance to it was? I think that um, 
that the fact that so many people just assumed that about me, like family, friends, or anything like that, I think that, I don't know, I just wanted to prove that I could do something that neither of my parents had done, maybe like a little rebel inside of me. Um, but I think that um, had people not assumed that all of my life, I may would have been more open to it. But um, I don't know, I just I like to be a little different or try to be. So what did you go to school for? I went to school for um, like public relations marketing. So I majored in PR and then I minored in marketing. And um, I, I, looking back, I think that the reason I did that was because I needed to grow up a little bit before I started my career. And I also think it's because social media needed to take off in the hair industry because that's really where I, I like thrive. I, I enjoy the the marketing aspect, if you will, of, of the social media. But certainly like, if you're going to be a hairdresser, it's certainly a good background to have, you know, I, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, any kind of business degree or any kind of marketing degree is, is it, it's kind of the basis of, of, of how we create uh, a clientele. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of these things that, that, you know, especially uh, marketing or, or social media, I mean, I think, Beauty schools should adopt these things. Cosmetology schools should adopt these things and teach our young uh, hairdressers to, you know, how to succeed in that way. Absolutely. We you get, you call your mom. We have to talk to her real quick. Yeah. No. So now I actually I will go back to my mom's school. Um, you know, I probably should do it more often than I do, but I try to go back a few different times throughout the year and teach it to the students as newer ones come in. And then I can kind of like touch up with the ones I'd already talked to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so important. And I think had I gone to hair school right away out of high school, it wasn't there yet. You know, like you had to rely on business cards, word of mouth, which word of mouth is always going to be around, but having your portfolio just right there for people is awesome you should you should probably do a video right of just how to do it and then that way like your mom would can always have access to that and then you can always like update it you know as 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 things change i don't know why literally when you just said that i was like why have i not thought of that already like that would be so easy and then i wouldn't have to physically be there but she could still they could still benefit from it it's still a resource yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah definitely so so growing up in the, so did were you actually in the hair salon with your mom as she, as she owned a hair salon or you said she yeah. was a hairdresser or she had a salon owner? She owned a salon. So she owned um, the building that she worked in. Her salon is actually where I work right now. Um, of course, it's been all redone and all of that. But um, she was a workaholic. Her and my dad got a divorce when I was like two, I think. And so she was a single mom for years. Um and so, yeah, I went up there after school almost every day. I had like a little TV in a, in a break room area and I would just hang out and probably annoy the crap out of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you probably have like the, uh, the, the burnt smell of perm right up your nose. Being oh my God, yes. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know if that had something like subconsciously to do with why I didn't want to do hair just because like my mom worked she still honestly could work circles around me. She is just like very, very driven and very, very, um, I think I saw it more so as a job that was not attainable if I wanted to like have a husband and a family and all of that. Um, but looking back, I'm so thankful she did work like that because 
she wasn't able to charge what we charge now, you know, and she was making back then like the same amount of money that I make now, which is absolutely insane because she had to have been doing who even knows how many clients in a day. Wow. Yeah. And, and did your dad own the, um, the distribution company back then? Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of a, a weird, I'm sure like interaction between the two of them, like being married and having me and not only having to see each other through that, but also he's the, the supply, the beauty supply that would call on her salon. So like a little bit of a crazy twist. That must've been crazy once they got divorced and stuff, huh? Yeah. And were you able to still maintain a relationship with your dad? So yeah, my mom, uh, I always say this to people. My mom was like the poster child for like how you should co-parent when it comes to like communication with the kid. She never like let me know of any issues her and my dad would have, like when it came to me or anything like that, no bad words. Um, but yeah, I, um, wait, what was your, I literally just blacked out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, did you, were you able to maintain a relationship with your dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, my mom and dad growing up, I thought were like friends. Like I always thought that. Um, and so, yeah, I went back and forth every other weekend and it wasn't until I think I was 25 that I decided to like cut ties with my dad. But yeah, I saw him all growing up, which you're about 27 I, now. No, I'm 31. <laughs> so you have, oh yeah, well, we got a lot, we got a lot of space to make up for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, when, so when, when you got out of college and you, whatever that path was to get back in the hair salon, was your mom and, 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 and dad, were they like excited that you were, that, that you'd finally, um, you know, stopped your rebellious, rebellious stage and be like, no, you, you've always belonged here. Were they excited to see you in the industry? Yeah, my mom was so excited. She, um, I think that she had been waiting on that moment since I was little. She always like tried to push it on me too, but gave up for enough time to let me realize it. Um, but my dad, no, he was not um, supportive at all or excited, which I, I didn't really understand being that he works with hairstylists. Um, he told me that like, I was going to be a failure, that I would end up on welfare, that like, I could never make it in the industry. Um, all kinds of stuff that I, I don't know how didn't veer me away from, from wanting to do it. You know, Did he forget who your mom was. Yeah. I think that a little bit, I think he was almost trying to take a dig at my mom and saying all that or something. I don't know, but he, he should know better just being that he, um, he works with so many hairstylists. I mean, every single day they're, they're who pay his bills. Well, <laughs> all the hairdressers are listening to this that lives in <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. You know what I mean, but yeah. so did, did you go from college straight into the hair industry or did you try to get a uh, professional uh, career outside of the industry first before you no, so I went to um, hair school, right? I went home. It was time for me to get an internship. And I went home to talk to my mom about like, I couldn't figure out what it was that I wanted to do. I, I didn't like the idea of having like set hours or anything like that. And after talking with her about like what I liked about my major and um, minor, I really liked the creative side of it. I didn't like the... Um, like computery office work. I liked making graphics and things like that. And it was in that moment that she 
brought up cosmetology school again, and I was a lot more receptive. Mm. So, so you actually went to school as well then, huh? Like hair mm-hmm. school? Yeah, yeah. So I enrolled in her school like right away, and then um, it's all just been. What What was the change of your mom from going from a salon owner to opening up a cosmetology school? Because that's, I mean, they're two completely different fields. So this is another little twist that I, I kind of had forgotten about, but she, so my dad owned the cosmetology school prior to my mom. So I literally have never said that on any podcast that I've ever done. Cause I kind of forgot. Um, but my mom, I think my dad realized that he knew nothing about like the actual hair world. He just knew about products, you know? And so he didn't want to do it anymore. And I think his school, at the time had like 13 students enrolled in it only. And he, he brought it up to my mom. Would you be interested? And they first went in as partners together for a couple of years. And then my mom purchased it from him, I think in 2001. And now she's got like a hundred students. I mean, she just completely turned it around. So. Do you think like some of your dad's like negativeness towards you in the industry was like his own reflection on not being able to like make a success out of the school? Well, I think his, his resentment was the fact that my mom didn't stay married to him and and need him like he wanted her to. I I know that sounds so twisted and messed up, but he's a twisted and messed up individual. (laughs) I I mean, I just think that, I mean, I think that that's just normal human stuff, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately we as the kids take the brunt of that, but I think, I think it's normal you know, I mean, what, what a lot of people don't get, and I'm not suggesting you don't get this, but, but what, what, what a lot of people forget is that usually when a parents get divorced, they're still young in their head too. Oh yeah. Right? Like, and, and, and you respond to things as young people, not as like evolved, mature people, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, so, I, I mean, I don't, like, there's a little bit of grace there, you know? Oh, yeah. And I don't think, I don't think that my dad, like looking back, I don't think that he was like in that moment thinking vindictive thoughts or anything like that I just think that subconsciously that was kind of where his his like passion behind putting all of that down came from but no I don't I don't think that he consciously does it right yeah that makes sense but doesn't excuse for what you say because we are responsible for our own words and how we how we affect and offend and hurt others a hundred percent yeah and honestly um I didn't even after I kind of decided to cut ties with my dad, I didn't look at it as a, um, like anything negative. I kind of was thankful that, that I was able to make that decision as I got older and, you know, that I had that relationship with him growing up and stuff. Um, I didn't realize the hurt and like the trauma that he had caused me until a little bit later in life when some other stuff kind of happened. Did you, um, I mean, at this point, it feels like that you'll never get back to, with them or, or would you be open to like some kind of reconciliation? Um, well, I always say that, so I've been married and divorced and I, I don't think I was as closed off to it until I got a divorce. Um, I don't know if you guys, are you, are you married? Have either of you been divorced? No, no, neither one of us. We actually both married our high school sweethearts. So we, we have the opposite story. Okay. So, uh, I, I think that after I got a divorce and still didn't hear from my dad, like nothing, like no, 
no F you. I mean, no anything, nothing. I think that that was when the door completely closed. So at this point, yeah. Um, what caused, what caused, what caused, because obviously he was in your life until you were 25. What caused the, the, this type of like feelings toward your father? And did, I mean, growing up was just like little things that just kept piling, piling up or, I mean, what caused this, this feeling? Yeah, definitely. It was a, like a little, a small buildup over time that just eventually got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, he, and again, I don't say this thinking he did this consciously at all, but I think that parents are, um, the best that they can be for their children based off of like things that they've been through, but the cycle has to stop somewhere with everybody in every situation. And so I think that, whenever I removed myself from my dad, I had it in my head as a temporary thing, not as like this long-term forever thing. Um, and I kind of hoped in a, in the back of my head that he would take the steps to fix, you know, his actions because he would constantly like put me down and he would just talk about people in such a negative way. And as I got older, like I, I had compassion for people and I had, I cared about stuff that he was, putting down and like belittling. And I think that after asking him numerous times to think about what he was saying and, and not do that, um, like talking about my mom or just all of that type of stuff, I think I just finally had to put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. I had to remove myself from a toxic situation. How, how, how did he react when you removed yourself from the toxic situation? How did he respond to you? I, I've never heard from him since. So I, I told him at the end that it actually had to do with my ex-husband was the final breaking straw. Um, I told him that, you know, the way he was treating him, I didn't appreciate it. And that this was my fiance at the time. And um, I said, you know, if you can't respect him, like I'm going to have to like excuse myself from this until, until you can. And let me know when that day comes. And literally I've never heard from him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. No, me, I could, yeah, I, I couldn't, you, I couldn't, I couldn't, being, I mean, we're both like fathers of daughters. So, I mean, I think I could speak for you. I just could never imagine being in that place to where mm-hmm. I can, what, two things. One, I could never imagine being in that place where my daughter was like, get out of my life. One. And then two, to be able as a dad to accept that. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think that if anything, like, you know, there have been times in like the healing process that I've had to go through where I've wondered, um, like, did I do the right thing? Uh, but what you just said was, is really kind of the whole point of everything is that it's not that I removed him. It's that he never tried to reconcile that. Um, and I think that that just says everything all, all together. Yeah. See, I, I've always said, my, I don't think my daughter could, can do anything, anything for me not to want that relationship with her. You know what I mean? She is, I tell my wife all the time, my daughter taught me how to love my wife unconditionally. My, my daughter is what taught me unconditional love. You know what I mean? So yeah. Cause your spouse, you can have a lot of conditions. Yeah. You know, but your offspring, there's no condition. Yeah. So, so I learned how to love unconditionally through my daughter which, you know, benefited my wife, you know, say, so well, my, my, when my daughter got married and my son-in-law came and asked me for her hand in marriage 
And I told him, yeah, I told him, I said, you got to promise me two things. If you want my full blessing, you can't promise, promise me these two things that I don't know if I can give you my full blessing. And they were try to love her as much as I love her Mm -hmm. and put her needs before your own. As should she put your needs before her own in order for this to last a lifetime. Because once we start putting our own needs in front of our, our, our spouses, then it becomes about me, right? Not about, about her or us. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's, yeah. I, I, yeah. Your dad, I'm going to, I want to punch him in his face now. <laughs> no, and, and I always say this too, but like, there's so more just that, like, I don't think we would ever have time to go into um, growing up. Like he's just always from a very young age, any time I can remember actually of him, he's just tried to scare me, whether it be like, you know, him knocking on my window in the middle of the night, which he's done him telling me that, you know, he was going to take me to the bottom of our swimming pool and like hold me under the water until I drown. Like just weird things that like he did to make me fearful and to almost now that I've kind of come out of that toxicness, I think he was doing it in a way to make me feel closer to, to make me feel like I needed him, which is very twisted. Um, but yeah, I always say that I could never go into all the details just because it's literally 25 years worth of details. Right. Wow. Can't, wow. Yeah. Can't imagine that either. And, and being as strong as you are, I mean, it usually, I mean, that type of toxicity can, can break a human being, mm-hmm. especially from their parent. Yeah. And it's gone with me, honestly, like the fear I'm, I'm a very, I would say a very fearful person, a very um, hesitant with, I don't take many risks. Um, when I do take risks, I have to think about them and process out every single possible outcome. Um, and I, all of that, I do think came from my childhood. Oh, we're going to take you out to, when we go out to Vegas next time and go skydiving and <laughs> whitewater yeah. kayaking and yeah. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to jump off the yeah, stratosphere hotel. Day. That's why I like to tell people I get better and more um, comfortable in fearful situations every day, but it's definitely something that I have to like force myself to do. Uh, continue to do that. Yeah. You yeah. deserve it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, so mom was respond. Re, 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 what am I looking for? Responded, re, responsive, responsive, responsive to you joining the industry and dad, not, not so much. Yeah. Um, well, does your dad still call on the salon you work at? Not anymore. No, he calls on everyone else on the street except for me. Uh, so I actually have to drive. I, I guess I technically could probably go into his business and purchase it, but I, I'm not doing that. That's not good for my mental health. So I drive an hour and a half to buy my products. Um, Yeah. Oh, wow. We, um, we did a podcast last January, January, 2021 with a woman named Britt Carmichael. Are you familiar with Britt? She's from like the, uh, I think she's from like the Dallas area, right? Yeah. Britt. She's from like the Dallas area. Anyway, we, she does this thing called shine school. And one of the, one of the things she mentioned um, during her shine school, it's like a, it's almost like a mental health retreat or a mental health program, or just like, you know, settling yourself. And one of the things that she mentions is uh, her seven or above rule. And, you know, her rule now is that for her to shine and for her to be the best that she can be, that, you know, whatever she's doing has to be a seven or above. 
you know? So I, I kind of think like, and, and that's the, that's the way, that's where you put your boundary. No, no, no. My boundary is a six and a half. If it's not a seven or above, I'm not doing it. And that, right. and that means like whether you're going to Christmas with your family and you're not feeling seven or above about it or whatever, that they just kind of, she just kind of removes that out of her life. And it's like, no, this isn't a seven or above because I'm looking to shine. I'm not looking to, uh, to be shattered or dulled. Got to be dulled out. No, I, I need to listen to her because that, that's exactly kind of how I've never called it that or anything like, but that's kind of how I look at everything is, is it worth what it's going to do to me later to, to do it now? And if it's not, I just don't. So how was it going through school and mom owned it? Did, did, was that added pressure there for being uh, the daughter? Oh, you, know, you know, she got like preferential treatment. No. So my mom actually fixed my hair growing up until I graduated high school. Like not because I wanted her to, because I, she didn't think I ever like fixed it good, you know? So she would always, I would try to do my curls or do, you know, straighten it out or whatever. And she's like, I need to fix that one piece. And so I just got in a habit of being like, all right, I'll just come in here and let you fix it every day. So when I went to college, that was the first time I really had to like do my own hair and it didn't come natural to me in school at all. It was um, really actually something that I'd never done. And that showed it was hard you sound like a dude. Cause when we went to hair school, we kind of felt the same way. The girls were like prepping and doing their hair and you're like, Oh, that looks great. You know, we're like all like, yeah, I was like a guy in hair school. <laughs> Ten thumbs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I actually thought that I wanted to get big into like nails and makeup when I started school. Um, and the more I got into like color and things like that, I practiced, practice, practice. And eventually it got more comfortable. How long have you been doing? How long have you been in, in a salon? seven years. Wow. And then at what point did you kind of like know that it was time to double down on, well, your PR and your marketing degree um, in the industry? Yeah. So when I got out, all I did was hair, like social media, I think started taking off in like 2017, maybe. Um, And I would watch people and wish that I could do that. But there comes the fear again, you know, that was with me. And I, I never wanted to start it because I didn't want to fail. And if I never started, I couldn't, you know? So I think it was in 2018 that I decided to make an Instagram page and start trying to grow like an online platform. Um, And I gave myself a deadline. I think that's kind of how I talked myself into it is I said, I'll give it six months. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just stop. So I started in February of 2018 and in May of 2018, I, um, started seeing like brands would comment on my stuff. It was very fast. And I won a trip to, um, LA that I think it was that August to get my hair done by Justin Anderson, um, and hang out with him, kind of shadow him for a day. And it was at that point that I was like, lit up. I had a fire lit under me of like passion. And I saw a side of the industry that I didn't know existed. Wow. So when you graduated school, did you feel pretty confident? Cause obviously it's only been a couple of years since then that has gone by from school to going out to LA. Yeah. I think that, I think being from the town that I do hair in and all of that, I think that 
that wasn't really ever anything that I was worried about just because I think enough people knew that my mom did hair and I think they just kind of assumed that I would be as good as she was. And I, I built my clientele pretty quickly. Um, I would work in the salon anytime a client would need in, I would just get them in because being busy made me feel successful, which is, you know, I wanted to feel successful. I didn't want to prove my dad's theory, right. That I would fail. I wanted to, to show him that I wouldn't. Mm, I get that. Did you, um, did you, uh, did you meet your husband at the, uh, at the salon? Is he in the hair world? Cause everybody else in your life is. No, he is not. He was not. Um, I met him actually, his mom used to get her hair done by another lady that I work with and she kind of introduced us. Oh, she was doing the whole setup thing, huh? I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to set my son up with, uh, at the hair salon. Yeah. Yeah. She told me about her son and, um, then we dated for like three, two and a half, three years. And, um, we were married for right at three years. Before. You guys were together like for like six years. Yeah. Almost six years total. Um, and then, so his, like that whole situation was another layer of my, my trauma. Uh, he actually had a overdose and it like turned him into a state of psychosis. Well, well what do you mean by psychosis? He, I, I really don't know how to explain it. He, um, he was almost like, schizophrenic behavior um he was very like spaced out zoned out and then sometimes he would be like really sped up um and looking back there was probably a lot of lead up that I missed but it really just kind of came out of nowhere I had no clue he was doing any of that until the day that it all just exploded so you had no idea he was doing drugs no and honestly I've heard people say that throughout my life that they didn't know a, a kid or a spouse was on drugs. And I never fully believed that, you know, like I just assumed, how could you not know? And now it's like, well, life will show you how you cannot know because I, I sure did not know at all. It was, did he do drugs before, prior to you, you guys getting married or it, it's something that he just started in, in the marriage? He could have been on drugs the whole entire time. I honestly, the one thing that I feel like I haven't gotten closure from is that he never told me any of that information. So I don't know if he tried it once and it, it happened after that one use or if it was due to continual use. Um, but he like had to go to ICU. He was in ICU for a week and then he had to go to a behavioral unit for a psych evaluation. Wow. What, what was your conversation with his mother like? And did, I mean, obviously you guys had to talk or, or no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she's a little too forgiving on his end for sure. I think that she told me that I didn't take my marriage seriously and that I was a disappointment to like her family because none of them had been divorced. And, you know, maybe that really is how she feels about me, but I I just don't think that those were the, the vows that I signed up for, you know, mm. I didn't agree to all that. Right. Did, yeah. I mean, like, like, like Tony said, like, you know, part of a successful relationship and marriage is to, is to honor one's needs, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and to try not to get caught up in the, in the selfish wheel, you know, which we all do a little bit, but, you know, certainly, uh, certainly addiction and stuff is, 
Right. That's what you hope that you deposit enough in the other banks. So when you do get a little selfish, you know what I mean? It, it, but that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You know? Well, and he, he wasn't willing to give me any information on it or go get any help of any kind. And so I, I really, it was either stay with him and just cross my fingers that he wouldn't do it again. Or, um, I wanted him to go figure out what had happened and, and get to the bottom of the problem, not just put a, put a bandaid over it and move on because usually that bandaid comes right back off. Right. You gave him an option and he chose the easier route out. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Did, yeah. Are you, before we leave this subject, did, do you, since you guys can, I, I could, I don't see Duncan being a huge town. <laughs> do you guys still cross paths or do you, I have never seen him one time since we got a divorce. And it is the weirdest thing ever because this town is so small, like so small. And I've never seen him. And I don't know if that should be like an eye-opening thing to me that we weren't supposed to be together at all because we're never in the same place. Um, I think that I've got to run into him at some point. It's just, it's been like three years now almost, and I haven't. Wow. Have you... um? Thankfully, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a little, little weird. I mean, like, so f- your relationships with the two most important men in your life aren't exactly awesome. Are you fearful, like, 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 like dating again? I, I mean, you're probably dating now, but are, are you fearful of, of, of what those relationships could be? And then, do you have any like guardrails up about, you know, what, what? I don't know. I don't want to use the word tolerate because I think that's a harsh word, but. But for the lack of a better one, like, like, do you have guardrails up about what you'll tolerate? Yeah. So I'm dating someone now that I actually went to high school with. Um, we did not keep in contact after high school at all. We just randomly connected after I had been divorced. Um, and I think that in a way that makes me feel a little safer just because I've known him for so long, but, um, I wish he was here to bring on, but he would definitely say that I have a lot of guards up. Um, I think that for the longest time, anytime he would do anything my ex-husband did, I would like wall myself up and, and almost become like an investigator of why he was doing it. Like if he went to his car at nine o'clock at night to get something, my ex-husband used to do that a lot. So I would like follow him outside, you know, like I, and I've slowly learned to trust him more, but yeah, I think that I'll always probably have certain things that trigger me to guard up again. Yeah. I mean that, I think that that's your work now, right? Because that also isn't fair for, for a relationship, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't want that. No, no. And he, he is, um, I think the fact that we've known each other for so long and that we didn't, or I didn't have like any expectations when we started talking again, I think that that's helped a lot because if I start to, you know, like on the anniversary of my marriage or whatever, like if that day brings up emotions in me, like I'll feel comfortable telling him about it instead of trying to like hide it. And um, just, I'm not scared to express my feelings, which I think helps him understand me more and kind of help me work through it. Has he ever been married? No, no. And he's really, um, he is so patient and so like understanding of the whole thing. And, um, you know, he knows my story with my dad and he's very encouraging of me, um, like taking all of those things and 
and sharing it to help other people. Whereas I think some people would get tired of me talking about the same things mm-hmm. over. Um, but he, he's very into like the self-help and all of that too. So he's a good, definitely a good fit. You trust him? Yeah. Now just probably within the last six months, I would say that I finally feel like I don't check up on him. I don't like follow him around anymore. Um, if he goes outside at night or any of that stuff, but it's, it's very new that that's happened. Do you trust him enough to where he can be like, Sam, you're being a little Sam today, chill out a little bit. Like, like, do you trust him enough for him to be able to say like, you know, to kind of like shake you a little bit, you know, not, not, not physically, obviously, but like, just yeah. like, like, like just put you on point and, and, and kind of bring you down. Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite things about him is that he does put me like he puts me in my place and he's not afraid to tell me. And, um, I actually do really well with like people, I don't know the word, not criticism, but constructive criticism, I guess. Right. So whenever he does that, I really, I don't get defensive. Like I think, you know, I would have years ago. I, I really listen to what he's saying and I really try to figure out why that is. But yeah, he's he definitely can tell me when I'm acting out and kind of put a stop to it. That's good. I mean, that is the trust, yeah. right? That's the trust. Des- you deserve someone like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah definitely. We definitely. all do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um that like I needed to go through my divorce and all of that to to realize kind of who I was. I think I just got married because I was from a small town and that was the next thing to do. I started working. I, I had a boyfriend, like nothing was wrong. Um, cause me and my ex-husband, we never fought or argued. He didn't put me in my place. Um, it was really, I always say it was the Samantha show and it a hundred percent was like every single day. It was whatever I wanted to do. We just did it. And he went along with it. Gotcha. So, okay. I kind of want to, I want to go back a little bit because you said some, some really important things about, about, about facing your fears and starting your, I mean, you faced it a bunch, whether you know it or not, but just when, when you started your, when you started your Instagram account or when you started your social media accounts, like, like kind of walk us through like what your um, what you were fearful of. Cause I actually think like 2018, you were probably a little bit behind the curve, right? Like the, all these other accounts had kind of blown up. And like, I certainly know, like when we've talked to people that that blew up in like 2014, 15, and like, I'm going to use this word that I hate to use, but when the algorithm worked differently, right? Like, like when people, when, like, I know, like, like when we talked to Larissa Love, she was like, you know, in 2014 or 15, she'd pick up like five, 10,000 followers in a day. You know, and then she was like, and then that kind of like that went away. So in 2018, when, you know, there was other big accounts and stuff and you were coming from nowhere. I mean, you're in like Dunkin Donuts, Oklahoma. And and, and I also kind of want to address that, too, because although you were in this small town, there's this thought that you can't be successful in this industry if you're from a small town. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, anyways, that's a lot to address. Right. So let's kind of. So what was kind of your conversation with yourself, you know, about like, uh, you know, I, I. I can do this or I can't do this. You said you gave yourself six months. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize it then, but looking back, I think that the thing that made me take that leap was my marriage. Um, just because I was very unhappy, I didn't realize it, but I, I was, I poured my fear, my anxiety, my worries, just literally every feeling into social media. I was on the app all the time 
researching um, like what type of equipment I needed to get pictures like Larissa Love was taking. She was one of the people that I followed. Um, and I knew that that was what I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to do it. Didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know anyone else doing it. So I just spent so much time looking things up and kind of um, trial and error, I guess, was how I kind of figured out what worked for me and what didn't. But whenever I um, won that trip to LA with Justin Anderson, I think I had 1200 followers, maybe, maybe like 2000, no more than that. Um, and that was just what, three years ago. Um, so definitely what you said about growing and growing really quickly in the early days, that was kind of how it happened for me too. I think I I posted a couple of things that did really well and they just kind of set my page on fire. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. And then, uh, so to address, I mean, there's no one like you to address it. Like small town doesn't matter. Right. I mean, you're on the yeah. BC team, you're on the salon centric team. I mean, you've got, you've got well over 200,000 followers. Like, like it doesn't, I mean, social media just levels all that out. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, that was kind of what I mean earlier when I said that I had a fire lit under me after I went to LA. Um, I didn't know all that. I didn't know what came with growing an Instagram like platform. I just, I knew that I had a passion for connecting with people, for sharing with people. Um, and looking back, I think that my Instagram in a way, Ben kind of helped me realize this is I created a character for myself that I wanted to be. And I'm really good at sticking to things when they're create, when they're right there for me, you know, to stick to, like I'm good at following a schedule and a plan. So once I created that person, I, I lived up to her. That's weird because, you know, one of the pieces of advice that you get about social media all the time is to be authentic, but you're kind of saying like you weren't, you were authentic, but it wasn't to Samantha Harmon. It was to Sam Harmon or whoever your alter ego was. Yeah. Like I was, I was authentic for sure because like, but I was more able to take a risk, I think behind the keyboard or behind a phone. Um, because I'm, I would say that people that meet me think that I'm shy in the beginning because I for sure am. But I don't think I'm so much shy as I'm hesitant or timid or um, just scared to like disappoint people or for people to not like me just because of everything that I've kind of dealt with growing up. Um, but I think that behind my phone, I could be the bigger version of myself. So when people get to know me, like I'm actually really loud and, and fun and, um, energetic. And I think that that helped me believe that, you know, being that person was okay. You know, it's you're up. Oh, I was gonna say, so, so as you're building this Instagram following, what was it like when uh, salon centric or BTC, when they reached out for the first time or that connection? Surreal. So, uh, BTC reached out to me, my, so my ex-husband went into the hospital and two weeks later I was or no, two weeks prior to what happened with my ex-husband, I was asked to be on BTC team. So the day, actually the day after we took him into ICU, I had my first brand call. So my whole life, literally my whole life was falling apart while my dream was coming true. It was a very, it kind of makes me emotional to even think back to that person because I, 
I was finally finding myself and then I was like restarting all over. I, I get that. I mean, it's like, and if you don't believe in life destiny, how often does that happen? You know, like how often does exactly. like, how often, like when you're doing, you know, you, when your work life is at a 10, like sometimes your personal life is at a two or when you're work or, you know, or, or vice versa, you know, yeah, but what kind of advice, but if someone's going through it, what kind of advice do you give them? Because obviously you've been through it. So here is your, 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 your destiny and your, in, in everything that you've won, it's coming true. But at the same time, like you said, your life is falling apart. What kind of advice do you give someone who, who's in the middle of that? Yeah, it sounds cliche, but you know, they say that like God won't ever give you things that you can't handle or you're not strong enough to handle. And I would have laughed at that years ago if someone would have said that to me. But I think that I had all of those positives happening because I was about to go through a crazy, crazy negative. And I think that having someone in your life, whether it's a friend or like a spouse or a parent, just to be able to be your rock and to really like open up to people when you are in a state like that, just because like my mom was literally like my lifeline at that time. She, I literally slept in the in her bed with her for like months before she finally was like, okay, we need to get you out again. Like you can't, you know, she didn't want me to become attached, dependent on her. And so at the time that, that was really hard to do, but looking back, she did it out of love. Um, but I think that just being vulnerable with people in dark times and allowing them to help you. There are so many people out there that care about you. And um, I think a lot of times if you're in a negative situation like that, it's hard to remember that, you know, you kind of think like, why would anybody care about me? I know I did. Um, but I had so many people reach out and help me through that time. And I'm just so thankful for every single one of them. I think a lot of people would put that, that career or that opportunity on pause while they try to deal with this and, and, and which is, which is understandable, but mm -hmm. you know, it seems like that you were able to, to handle both at the same time. I think if I wouldn't have had that call with behind the chair with a brand the next day, I, I think I might've put it on pause. Like it's weird how the world does work out like that because I, my biggest fear is disappointing people. And I would have never wanted to cancel the call with them because of personal reasons, no matter how big those were. Um, and that's not the same for everybody. I think that's just like how life has happened for me. Kind of the, consequences of that yeah i get that i mean we kind of experienced that when we had that modern salon event you know it's like we were debating whether to go or not and our big fear was like if we don't go we never get invited back <laughs> right yeah like, yeah like if you don't act now you're gonna lose the opportunity really yeah i mean i mean no offense samantha but you know there's a thousand other people there trying to get on the btc team if you if you didn't take that call they just 100%. moved on you know they were no nobody's waiting for you you know no. no. And I probably at the time, I wouldn't have felt comfortable sharing that my ex-husband had just overdosed. You know, I wouldn't have wanted that negative stigma around me. And um, I it's think not, it's not, hold on. It's not about the negative st stigma necessarily, but it's like as a business and as a brand, if you don't have a relationship with somebody that you don't want to take that on open up to them. Yeah. You, but as a brand, you don't want to take that on. You know, you're like, Oh, she's going through a lot of stuff. We we can't own any of that. You know, we we have to move on. So, you know, it's very wise not to not to share, you know, on an interview essentially, right? 
Yeah. And and I don't know, looking back, um, I don't know how I took the call really. Like, like I remember shaking, crying, like seconds before the phone rang, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And literally my mom was right there, like counteracting everything I was saying, like, yes, you can. The call's 30 minutes. Like, that's all you have to do. Like go outside, breathe. You can do it. And somehow I, I did it. I don't know. You just get strength and in the weakest times to, um, your mom's pretty amazing. Isn't she? She really is. She really, the older I get, the more, the more respect and, um, I can see so much of the strength that she has, whereas growing up, I think I almost took it, took it for granted just because I saw it every day. Um, but the older I get, I really don't know how she was able to be that, that strong for me. Cause I'm sure watching your child go through, I don't have kids, but watching your child go through all of that. I mean, she had to go with me to the, um, the behavioral unit and watch me sit in like a mirrored room and talk to these people and just crazy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes when you're a parent, you know, you don't have options. You just react and you're just, you're just there, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's incredible. I mean, let's applaud your mom and thank goodness she was in the industry because she kind of understood what a BTC call could be. Right. Yeah. If she wasn't in the industry, I don't necessarily know if they would have gotten how important that call could potentially be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bravo to your mom. Yeah. What if your dad gets it? What if your dad's like, Man, she's on the BTC team? No. I mean, <laughs> I, my dad, I for sure believe, I don't know this to be true, but I for sure believe that my dad um, knows I'm on the BTC team. I for sure believe my dad will listen to this episode and all the other episodes I've done. However, he would never, no matter how proud, I do think he's proud of me. I really do think that he would never admit it. Right. Hey dad, if you're listening, like uh, Sam says, you're going to listen, like send the girl a text, just tell her how proud you are of her. Yeah. And sometimes I think that's kind of the message too, that, that I, I hope people get from listening is just that like, if you feel something or if you want to tell somebody something like don't wait to tell them that because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know what they're going through that they could be just waiting on that text or that call from you um, in anything, not just like parent child relationships, but any type of relationship. You know what the greatest thing in the world to do is Sam What is to text. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Here's how you open it. Don't respond back. Just know that I'm thinking of you and I hope you're well. Yes. That does a lot for people. Yeah. You know, it can't do anything negative to just tell somebody that you're thinking about them because life is crazy. Life is hard. And And it's short. Exactly. Yeah. The older I get, the faster life goes. The days get longer. You know why? Shorter. Why? All right. I had a client break this down. Yeah. I think she worked at NIH. She goes, okay, imagine you're five. And one year goes by, that's 20% of your life. The older you get, that year becomes shorter mm-hmm. in a lifespan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Say if you're 40 and a year goes by, it's a fraction of that. You know what I mean? So therefore, it just makes time seem to go much faster as you get older. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But the days are always the same. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but man, they do not feel like the same. <laughs> <laughs> on, like... 1.5 speed or 3.5 speed. 
they go <laughs> so fast. Like I just blink my eye and it's a new year or new whatever. And and that only gets quicker and quicker and quicker. When you have kids, it goes even faster because now oh, you have a timeline for everything. So are you traveling this year? Yeah. So I'm doing, um, I'm doing classes with a friend that I met at the BTC show. Her Instagram is hair by Jay park. And I'm doing a tour with her right now through April, through the end of April. And then I have some other classes scheduled um, in May and June. So yeah, all of that is, um, if anybody listening wants to come and check those out, then all of that's in my Instagram bio. There's a link for everything. Are you going to be at the BTC show? Yes, definitely. I can't wait to like book my room. I'm like a overprepared, like OCD person. So I'm like, tell us where it's going to be. I know it's going to be in Florida, but tell us like where, so I can get the room, get everything lined up. Yeah, It's in, it's in Orlando, right? Pretty sure yeah. it's in Orlando in August. I'm not sure exactly where in Orlando. Um, and then are, are you going to Dallas here the first week of April? So I am going, I'm teaching a class the night before that or the day before that in the Woodlands. And so I'm going to try to like stay an extra night there in Dallas and go to that. Yeah. Is it the Woodlands I, is in Dallas? The Woodlands is um, like Houston area, I think. Okay. So it's about like um, three hours maybe, but it's on my way back home. So we're driving down to that class and then, um, yeah, I want to stop on the way through in Dallas and see that. Yeah. I've never been to a, a BTC live show like that. Well, give Maddie Conrad a hug for us. Yes, me. I will. We love, we love Matt. and Maddie Sweeney. I think Matt Sweeney's going to be there yeah. as well. Will okay. you guys be at the, um, yeah, the salon I'm teaching at is Chris Jones's salon. <gasps> we love Chris Jones. I met him last year. We met him last year at the um at the at the BTC show actually when we were yeah. in Austin. Yeah, it's the first time we met him. When um, he's just like a he's a special guy, man. He is. He um. So I spoke on stage with him last year at the BTC show. We did a social media segment, and uh -huh. he, you know, he didn't have to be like nice and supportive of me. I don't even know if he knows that he was nice and supportive of me, but he, I was panicking, nervous, and um, like shaking backstage. And he got me a water and told me that like everything was going to go fine, and kind of talked me through it. So he's a very nice, nice guy. I, and and he's I, a I of a guy. Don't think Chris knew that. I just think that's who Chris is, which makes yep. Chris the special guy, right? Yeah, like, which makes him that much nicer. Yeah, yeah, he's just a he's a really, really spectacular dude. I can't. We gotta, we gotta bring him on the podcast first off. But he's one of those guys that I want to do it live. You know, like I want to sit at a table and kind of do it and 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 do it, throw it out, throw it, throw yeah. it out. He's a little bit of a bro, you know. So yeah, uh, you know, we've got a great relationship with Sweeney. So, uh, well, I'd want to do Chris by himself and then do Chris and then do Chris and Matt together. Yeah, that'd be a good one doing all of y'all together. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. So, so Samantha, if uh, people want to find your classes or find you or whatever, um, how, how can they, how can they locate you? Yeah. So um, my Instagram is Samantha's beauty confessions and I have a link in my bio that has everything. So it has so many different tabs inside that little one link. Um, and then I have a TikTok that I'm working on growing. It was that was a little harder for me to get on board with, but I'm, I'm doing it now. It is uh, Samantha's confessions. So I couldn't put beauty in there. TikTok limited the characters, <laughs> um, but yeah, everything is in those bios on both of those. 
That's awesome, dude. I just thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing your story with us. And, and I mean, not with us, but you know, with our industry and, and I know that we're not your only outlet. So, you know, just, just congratulations on, 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 just thank you for being, being there. So many of us, you know, go through similar things and, and it's nice to kind of hear what, uh, how other people uh, came through the other end of it, you know what I mean? And just gives us strengths and pillars and and just confidence to be able to, you know, continue. It's like a beacon, right? Yeah. It's like a beacon. Yeah. And thanks for, for letting me share. I, um, I always say this, but I owe, I owe all of it to honestly to Ben because he is the one that told me that, you know, you can, you can inspire people by, by sharing a crazy time that you've turned into a positive and, um, tragedy to triumph is what he always says. Um, and I think that he's so right. If I would have had someone to listen back to that was going through something to know I wasn't alone, it would have really helped. Yeah, there's no doubt. Another big shout out to Ben Mullen. So Miss Samantha Harmon, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends, give us a rating and drop a review to listen to all the latest podcasts. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet and to stay connected on and off the show. You can follow us at hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love.